There's a beautiful pasuk in this week's parsha. At the end of the Shira, at the end of the Az Yashir, it says, Vatikach Miriam Hanavia, Miriam the prophetess, the, the famous Miriam, Aches Aaron, who was the sister of Aaron Akayin. She took as Hataif, she took that musical instrument, the musical instrument, Biyada in her hand. And it says, Vatitsena Kalanashim the other women followed her, with the same instruments, these drums, these timbrels, and dancing. This was the reaction of the women after the men sang Az Yashir, the Shiraz Hayam. The women joined in. And the Pasa calls her Miriam, the sister of Aaron, which is strange because. She wasn't just the sister of Aaron, she was the sister of Meshra Rabbeinu, and Meshra Rabbeinu played such a prominent role just uh, at the beginning of the Shira, as Yashir Meshra, Uvenei Yisrael, you'd think that it would say, if anything, Miriam, the sister of Meshra. But yet it calls her the sister of Aaron. And Rashi, of course, brings the Gemara in Saita, which says that she was a Neviah, the fact that she was a Neviah, which the Pasuk describes her as, was already when she was an Achais Aaron. She was in Nevi'ah before Meshra Rabbeinu was even born. Because she was the one that gave a Nevu'ah to her parents. Asida imi, she'teleid bein she'meshiyas Yisrael, my mother is going to give, a, give birth to a baby that will save Klal Yisrael. So her Nevu'ah really preceded Meshra Rabbeinu. And that's why it calls her Miriam and Avia Achais Aaron to give a little bit of context of the timeline. When did she become an Avia? She became an Avia before Meshra Rabbeinu was even born, but when she was still a sister of just Aaron. I wanted to be myself a little bit of maybe an extra shot, if I may. The Gemara in Saita which just said what it said about the fact that Miriam gave this nevuah about her mother giving birth to the Mashiach Shal Yisrael, the Gemara gives a little bit more uh, detail. It's an interesting story, actually, that Miriam's parents were, of course, Amram and Yechabed. Amram, the Gemara there, describes as the Gadol Hadar, Rashi says, you know what the definition of a Gadol Hadar is? The Gadol Hadar is somebody that everybody listens to. If you want to know what defines somebody as a Gadol Hadar, it's somebody that the nation listens to. Not because this person was elected or even selected, but the person naturally is understood to be the voice of Klal Yisrael that everybody must heed. Reb Chaim Kanievsky today is no doubt the God Ladar. Who created him as the God? Who appointed him? Nobody. He's, he has no yeshiva, he has no shul. But Klal Yisrael sees him as the God Ladar. The whole nation, Minakatel Akatel, listens to him. That's, that's what a God Ladar is. Amram was the God Ladar. And Amram made a very, very uh, interesting decision. He divorced his wife, 
Why did he divorce Yechebed? Because he said, Para is making this terrible gezerah. All babies must be born, must be thrown into the Nile. And what's the point? Why bother staying married, having children? It's all going to end in uh, futility, in death, destruction. No point. Let's get divorced. And when Amram divorced Yecheved, the Gemara says the entire Klal Yisrael divorced their wives, if you can imagine. Everybody was divorced. And Miriam came to her father and respectfully gave him a bit of uh, pushback on his decision. And she said, Tata, you can't do this. Your Gezerah is worse than Paray. Paray was only Gezer. He only decreed about the boys dying, and you're decreeing that there shouldn't be boys and there shouldn't be girls. And Paray's decree is only in this world. But your decree is for this world and the next world. Your decree, your, your Cheshpen maybe needs to be rethought. And he was Makabal, his daughter's Musar, and he remarried her. And the Pasuk says, A man went from the house of Levi, that was Amram, and, re- and married Espas Levi. And the Gemara in, in Saita Darshan's Vayikach, that he made a Lakicha, he made like a new Chasna. He didn't just marry her privately in a small ceremony, but he made a full-blown Chasna. And they put Yecheved in an Apurian. Apurian is like a royal throne that they used to sit Kalas in. And the Gemara says that Aaron and Miriam, Umaraktim Lefanao, these wonderful children, Aaron and Miriam, began dancing to Misameach, their parents, at this reunion, at this Zivakshani, at this fact that they became married once again and when they did that the whole Klai Yisrael got remarried and from that came Meshur Abeinu and the Shishim Ribai. when the Pasuk says that they took that Miriam took as Hataif Biyada there's a Hey Ayyidiyah Hey Ayyidiyah on that Taif that Taif that musical instrument, where did it come from? Why, what, what made it that taif? That taif. And I have no proof to what I'm about to say. But Libi Aymerli, my heart tells me that that was the very taif. Those were the musical instruments. That was the musical instrument that was played by Miriam and Aaron when they were being misameach their parents to the chuppah. They danced together before, him, before them and there was music that was playing and it was that musical instrument that was taken by Miriam and that's why she was called here Achais Aaron because her and Aaron together made music for their parents. They brought the music, they brought the simcha to the chasna. They made it lebedic, they made it gishmak. They brought the ability for their parents to reunite and to create dairais with Meshra Abenu at the helm. Just Agavorcha, there's a Medrash that says that had Aaron known that the Pasuk would 
praise him for going out to greet Moshe Rabbeinu when Moshe Rabbeinu was appointed the leader of Klal Yisrael. It says that had Aaron known that the Pasuk would praise him, he would have gone and greeted Moshe Rabbeinu with that taif and with dancing because Aaron was familiar with the taif and he was familiar with the machal because this was who he was. Him and Miriam together who brought Simcha to Klal Yisrael at that very desperate time, they also came and brought Simcha to Klal Yisrael at this most beautiful occasion, at the Shira Sayyam, when Klai Yisrael left Egypt, when Klai Yisrael went and we were heading towards Mount she brought the music, she brought the joy, she brought the simcha. This Miriam Hanaviyah Ches Aaron. Not only did she bring the music, but the end of the Pasuk says that all the women came, they also, says Rashi, they brought these instruments with them from Mitzrayim. These were the righteous women that kept Klal Yisrael going throughout the Shebud. It was because of the Nashim Tzidkanias that Klal Yisrael existed, and they had such faith in the Rabbeinu Shalom that they brought with them, they foresaw that there would be the Shir Alayam, and they brought music with them. It's a beautiful story that's told about two brothers in Lucerne, Switzerland. Their name is Reuven Erlanger and the brother's name was Gabi, Gabi Erlanger. Erlangers are very famous uh, people. One of my rabbeim in, in Eretz Yisrael when I learned in Kultair was uh, Rabbi Avram Erlanger, the famous Sefer Birchas Avram. Uh, he's from that same very prestigious uh, dynasty of, but it comes from Switzerland with Shimon Schwab and all the Schwab brothers were Einikloch of this Erlanger um, chain. And so two of these very Chasheva people who are, they're businessmen and they, they live in Switzerland, they're very involved in the yeshiva in Lucerne. There's a Chasheva yeshiva in Lucerne in Switzerland and they're board members and they wanted to raise money for the yeshiva so they basically had some musical talent. One of them played the accordion, and one of them played the, uh, the drums. And they would go throughout Europe, and especially in Switzerland, but throughout the entire Europe, and they would play music at Simchas. There were no other bands. This is going back many years. And whatever money came in for the Simchas that they played at, they would donate to the yeshiva. And over time, they raised about a half a million dollars for the yeshiva of Lucerne just for their music. So they were once invited, excuse me, to a very large simcha, a very large chasna in a big hall, and they knew that the hall was too big to just be filled with the music of the two of them. So they were trying very hard to get a third player, like a violin player, to really round out their, uh, their music. And in the last minute, before they were about to go off to this other part of Switzerland in a city called Lugano, this person backed out in the last minute, and they were very depressed because they felt it's not going to be nice, you know, these people are expecting a, a band and we're only two pieces, and it's not going to be geschmack. But they went, and they, 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 they realized they're going to try their best to bring the simcha to the chasna, 
And they came, and it was a bigger hall than they had imagined. There were more people there than they thought there would be, and they realized that this was really going to be very shvach. And as they were setting up their, their, their instruments, there was a 16-year-old boy, young man, that came with a violin. And he said, would you mind if I would join in? Would it be okay if I would join your band? They said, join, we, we love that, we need that. We, we were looking for a violin player. And, you know, it's like almost like a nace that you came here. And what, what are you doing here? He says, well, I, I came from Eretz Yisrael for the Simcha. And before I left, I was learning in yeshiva, I am learning in yeshiva called Ber Yaakov. And the mashkiach of the yeshiva is Rav Shlom And I asked Rav if I should take my violin to Switzerland. Is there a purpose? Is a, is a kedai to schlep there? It's probably going to be music. He says, no. He says, you absolutely should schlep it. You must schlep it. It's not going to be a schlep. He says, because you never know. A lot of times people need extra simcha. They need extra music. They need extra joy. And always bring your music. Wherever you go, bring your music. And so he brought it and everything just worked out perfectly. The plug for his violin fit perfectly into the amplifier, which is a rarity. And everything just went perfectly. The music was so beautiful all because this young man, the 16-year-old, came and brought the music. He brought the taif, biyadai. And I think that this is a very important yisaid that we have to ourselves take with us throughout our lives. Rav Meir Shapiro said that the great Lublina Rav, the founder of Dafyaymi, the Rashiva of Yeshiva Chachmi Lublin, he used to say, that whenever you go to a simcha, bring the band with you. What does that mean? A lot of times you go to a chasna. I just went to a chasna tonight of a Talmud, Baruch Hashem. It's a beautiful chasna. We still have some guys that made it back in time, Baruch Hashem. But I must admit that it wasn't an easy night to go. My family is away, and uh, I had to pick up my son, take him out of yeshiva early, and the, the weather was horrible, and... It wasn't an easy thing to do, to, to, to drive to Teaneck tonight. I'm not feeling so well. A lot of times when we go to Simchas, we complain. We don't have time. Uh, you know, I'm studying for this, I'm studying for that. I'm, I have Seder, I have Shir, I have Dechazer. I, I don't really have the ability to go. Sometimes we're a little bit jealous, maybe, if, let's say, we're dating and, and this friend of ours got engaged before we did and got married before we did. Here we have to schlep to the Vart to go to the Chasna. And there might be a tinge of jealousy. And it doesn't end there when you get older and you have children of your own and your daughter is waiting to find her Shidduch and other people are making a Chasna for their daughter or for their son. It's, it, there's always, there's a lot of complexities when it comes to Simchas. Rameh Shapiro used to say, that when you go to a chasna, when you go to any simcha, bring the band with you. Leave all of your issues, check them in at the code check. You know, when you're giving your code in, give all of your grievances and all of your issues and all your tightness and all of your, all your complaints. Leave that at the door. Come into the simcha and bring the music. 
Bring the taif biyadcha. That's what the chassan deserves. That's what the kala deserves. That's what the parents deserve. They've been waiting so long. Make it nice for them. Stop thinking always about ourselves and our own things and our own issues and stop clouding everything with that. Give over to the chassan kala, to the bar mitzvah boy, to the balabris, to whoever, any simcha that you're going to, don't make it about you. Make it about the bal simcha. Bring the band with you. Bring the simple. When you come into the room, you should be coming there fully prepared and motivated and focused solely on the simcha, not on your own things, not on how difficult it is and how, how much of a schlep it is and how expensive it was to get here and how many tolls it took and how much traffic there was. Forget that. Leave that in the car. Take in with you simcha. Bring the taif. Bring the instruments with you. Bring the violins. Bring the guitars. Bring the drums. Because that's what you should be doing. You should be thinking about Yenam. You should be thinking about the other person. Rav Hutner, the great Chaim Berlin Rashiva, used to say, we know there's a pasuk, Ima Neichi Bitsara. I am with you in Saris. He says, yeah, that's nice. It's good to be. It's a, it's, it's a sign of a pretty good friend if you're able to commiserate with somebody when they're going through tough times. person is like sick or, or in Avelos or just not in a good place. And you go and visit, you commiserate, you say the right things at the right time. That's very good. It's very important. He says, but that's easy. The difficult thing is Ima when things are happy, where am I then? Am I still able to fully rejoice with you? It's much harder to rejoice with somebody than to console somebody. Because when I console somebody, I'm the one that's sitting higher up, and I'm looking down, and I'm pitying you. And I could do that. As a human being, I'm, I'm very well designed for that feeling that I'm a little bit above you, I'm in a position that I can help you, that's good. But when you're making a simcha, that means that I have to sort of be mevatel myself to you, I have to look up to you, I have to, I have to make you raised on a high pedestal, and that's difficult. But that's the mark of a great person. When a person is able to bring simcha to a situation and just negate yourself and just completely give over yourself to that simcha, that's a tremendous milo. Everybody has their own unique talent. One person brings to a simcha the ability to dance geschmack. Some people bring music. Some people bring shtick. Some people just bring a smile. But you have to bring something good to a chasna, to a simcha. That's what's expected of us. And I want to expand what I mean when I say simcha. This isn't just merely a, a tutorial on how to go to a chasna or how to go to a bar mitzvah or a vart. This is a tutorial on life. Wherever we go in life, we have to bring something special. 
every opportunity in life gives us the ability to bring what we have uniquely ours to the table. You know, during these days of COVID, you see how people go out of their way to help other people, to bring simcha. I was once in Flatbush for, I don't know why I was there, but all of a sudden I was out of the car, there was like glaring music, blaring music, like crazy loud. And it was people that were going around in trucks, and maybe you had this in your neighborhoods, wherever you're from, but people went out of their way on Chalamayed on, on and other occasions to go and bring simcha to people that were quarantined in their homes. People have Zooms and, and giving people music to listen to. Divrei Taira, Chizuk, Hisairus. People care. They're bringing out the best in themselves in the worst of situations to try to make it better. And certainly in the best of situations to make it that much better. But that's what we have to think about in life. What do we have specifically me and you, what can you do to make life better for other people in all circumstances? How can we make other people happier? How can we help other people when we need them, when we need, when they need us? Reb Chaim Malajner used to say, and his son writes this in the Hakdama to, to the Ruach Chaim, that his father always used to say, Reb Chaim Malajner, the great Talmud Muvak of the Vilna Gain, a person was not created just for himself. The reason why we were put on this world is to help others in any way that we can. How are we going to help others in life? How are we going to help make other people smile, make other people enjoy their life, get through life in a, in a, in a good way? What can we do for other people? That's what we have to think about. Instead of always being consumed about ourselves, that's not why we were here. Hashem did not put us in this world to be totally consumed by me. Obviously, we have to care about ourselves also. We have to worry about a, a parnasa and about a shadokh and about, about raising our family and about getting a house and a car and all of that. That's, of course, very important. But that's not why we were put here. We were put here in order to help other people around us, to make other people's lives better. That's why we're here. And we're supposed to bring simcha to everything that we do, to bring the taif to every event, to every occasion, to always think, what can I do? Wherever I'm going, what am I going to be able to do to help make it better? And now I want to get to yeshiva. Because we don't have to go out to chasnas and brisin and bar mitzvahs and pidgin abends in order to bring simcha. We have so much right here to do. There's so much work here in this building. There's so many people that need us. Just like we need other people, other people need us. 
And what makes the yeshiva such a special place, it's been asked before, like, what do you even need a yeshiva for? Today you can get everything online. You can go to Torah anytime or Lander Torah or whatever, get everything for free. Why need to be in a yeshiva? Just Zoom. Like, what, what do you, what, what's the point of being in a yeshiva? The point of being in a yeshiva is, and maybe this is why Reb Chaim Elajner was the one that established the current yeshivas that we have today, is because the yeshiva affords us the ability to be a society, to be a perfect society and to help one another out. Everything that I could help you with, I'm here for you. That's what a yeshiva is. You know, I just spoke to my son who's learning in yeshiva in Eretz Yisrael, and he made me so proud. He told me that, I don't know if he wants me to be mefarsimit, I guess it's going against everything that he actually told me, but I'll do it anyway. He basically said that he goes to the Markolet every Arab Shabbos, and he buys, you know, in Eretz Yisrael they have those, uh, like those plastic, the tissues in a plastic container. It's like not so expensive, whatever it is, a couple of shekel each. He buys like a, a, a whole box of them, and he puts them in yeshiva. No one, no one was doing it. Nobody was, uh, everyone was sick. Everybody had, you know, colds and everything in the base madrash, and they were sneezing, and there was no tissues. So he stepped to the plate. Nobody knows about it, except for now the Eilam. He went and he bought, and every week he buys the tissues, and nobody knows. Late Thursday night, he puts them out on the tables. And so for the whole week, Me'erev Shabbos, Le'erev Shabbos, guys are able to have the luxury of having a tissue in a base madrash. It's a chiddush. Nobody told him to do it. It's not his official job. No one's bankrolling it. He's doing it out of my pocket. But it's a tremendous thing. It's a beautiful thing. It's l'hayel achrini. That's why yeshiva exists. Reb Shalom Zalman, you say yeshiva is yeshuva and shal We are a small world, and we're showing, we're demonstrating to the entire world how society should function in a perfect way. Isn't that what a yeshiva really is? If you stop and think about it, isn't a yeshiva the ability for all of us to come and bring our own, own taif, bring our own unique talents to the fore? We have two very talented musicians here. They came, they're not getting paid, I don't think, they deserve to get paid. Maybe we, this, the SGO should figure out a way to pay them. But they're not getting paid. They came because they have a God-given talent. They're musical. And they want it to be Mahana the Island with their music. Let's give them a... There are people that on Shabbos come and they volunteer to daven for the Ahmed. Or if they are asked, they're immediately... I don't like when I see people, no, 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 I don't want to, you know, why not? What you, what's stopping you? If you're asked to daven, daven. Unless you're really not feeling well or something. Everybody has a talent. If you have a beautiful voice, then daven for the Ahmad. If you know how to lane, then be the Balkaire. If you want to be a Gabet Staka, then be a Gabet Staka. If you want to be the guy that magically fills up the urn so that there's always hot water, who does that? Who's the guy that fills up the urn so that there's always hot water when you need it? Or the guy that buys the K-cups and puts them in the, in the slots there for the Couric machine? And 
Who does that? There are malachim that are want to remain anonymous, and they do this because they're in a yeshiva. And yeshiva is a place that we care about one another, that we come together like a family. I'll tell you a story that I just thought of uh, at the chasna tonight, because it's the first night of the zman, and I was at a chasna, so this clicked in my mind. I didn't even write it down in my notes. Years ago, I would say going back maybe 17 years in yeshiva, maybe a little less, it was the first, the first morning of the Zman, like this morning. And a new boy came, comes over to me, very nice boy. And he said to me, uh, Rabbi, I'd like to ask Rishos to, uh, to miss Night Seder tonight. I said, boy, that was quick. <laughs> that didn't take too long. It's nice he asked Rishos at least, but... You know, what's, you want to give me an, it's not that, you know, most people don't even come over to me, so once I have a, a real fish on my hook, I want to at least, like, reel them in a little bit, like, what's, you know, why are you, act like, you know, why, why uh, you know, what, what, where, where are you going? He says, well, I, I want to go to a chasna. I said, oh, that's so nice. Who, who's chasna, a relative? He says, no, I, I don't know the guy. So I said, so who is he? He says, I saw on the bulletin board that there's an invitation, and it says that, you know, all Bnei Yeshiva are invited to come to my chasna tonight in the uh, Marina del Rey. I said, but you don't know the guy. You just came here. You, you know, you're, you're, just, you're, you're new here. You don't know him. If you had passed him in the hall, you wouldn't know who he was. He says, that's true. It's true. He says, but the yeshiva that I came from in Eretz Yisrael taught me one thing. That when a Talmud gets married in a yeshiva, it's the entire yeshiva simcha. I don't know that bacher, but I'm in this yeshiva. And if he is a Talmud of the yeshiva, then he's like a brother to me. And how can I miss my brother's chasana? I literally had tears rolling down my cheeks. And I said, of course you can go to the chasna. It's the most beautiful thing I ever heard. This bacher, a few months later, tragically was nifter. And it was the hardest day of my life because the family asked me to be masped him. Can't be masped a Talmud. And this is the whole Hesper that I said. Came to Yeshiva first day, wanted to go to that Talmud's Chasna, that friend that he didn't know is Chasna. Just because he's a Talmud in Yeshiva, he gave the Yeshiva a tsura that it deserves. He brought the taif with him from Eretz Yisrael, he brought his taif. He brought his hashkafa. He brought his simchas achayim. He brought the hashkafa of what a yeshiva is. This is our society. This is our family. If I had one dream for yeshiva, it would be that we would be literally a cohesive unit. 
that would be able to cross across all lines of demarcation, real or imaginary. Doesn't matter which yeshiva you went to in Eretz Yisrael, doesn't matter what color shirt you wear, what kind of yarmulke you wear, whether you wear a hat or you don't wear a hat. We're a family. As soon as you step into Lander College from Mishmedish Talmud, you're a member of our family. It has obligations to be part of a family, but there's so many privileges. To be part of a family, to have a chevra that whoever you see around you, they're the ones that are going to be dancing with you by your chasnam, Yitzhashem. They're the ones that are going to be at your vart. They're the ones that are going to be helping you prepare your, when you propose to your kala. They're going to be at your graduation. They're going to, they're, these are your new friends. Say hello to them. Get to know them. Don't, the worst mistake, the worst crime that a, a, a new bacher could make, or an old bacher, is that, well, you know, I, I, I had a great experience in Eretz Yisrael. I have Rabbeim, thank you very much. I have a Chevra, thank you very much. I came here, but, you know, it was a dare I came here on, or my parents really wanted me to go to college, but I really wanted to stay in Eretz Yisrael, or uh, I really wanted to do something else, but I couldn't. So, And so you basically moor yourself to your past, and you go through the next few years, Ki'ilu, you know, as if it's a gas station. I just came here to fill up my tank and to move on. I don't have any real association with my gas station. Who cares? I'll go to a different gas station every time my car needs gas. That's not what a yeshiva is. That's not what Chaim Velazhner had in mind for a yeshiva. A yeshiva is a place that we can share, that we can become friends and become family and brothers. And going back to my son, he went to a, a sleepaway camp for many years. And they used to send, you know, after you come home, they send, it used to be a DVD, I guess now it's online, but we'd have DVDs of, like, of the scenes of camp and all the exciting things that they went on and all the, you know, the trips, etc. But what always struck me was, and I've spoken about this many times, is that they have video of the last day of camp. And the last day of camp, it's after two months of knowing each other. I mean, some of them, of course, were there previous years, but many of them were not. And they have like this uh, banquet the night before the last day of camp. And then you see them like getting on the bus, on the buses that are waiting to take them. And they don't want to get on the bus because they're too busy hugging each other and kissing each other and they don't want to leave. Because camp does something right. Camp creates a ruach that everybody's bringing their taif. Everybody's bringing their A-game, whether it's basketball or whether it's uh, swimming or whether it's boating or whether it's learning or whether it's uh, singing or whether, whatever it is, everybody gets to bring something to the table and feel good about themselves and feel like that it's one big jigsaw puzzle and I have my piece that I'm putting in the middle of it. And so when you leave that, it's like you can't be, you can't really separate from that because it's, you can't separate from life and you can't separate from something that is life and that gives life. And that's what a yeshiva should be in a perfect world. 
a perfect yeshiva, and this has always been my dream for this yeshiva. And I don't know if I've ever really gotten close to success, unfortunately. To have that experience that by graduation, guys don't want to leave. Or before the last day of this man, they're like, no. And that there's a ruach in the yeshiva that this is my yeshiva and I'm proud of it. That's my dream. And you can make that dream a reality. But you have to like break down a lot of walls. You got to stop with all of the differences and look at, at other people, sizing them up. Don't do that. Don't make that mistake. Look at everybody like an opportunity to befriend somebody. Before my kids go to camp in the summer, I tell them one thing. I'm not sending you to sleepaway camp to win the Olympics and to win color war and to be competitive and to have a great time. That's not why I'm sending you there. That you could stay home for. What I'm sending you to camp is for the following. There will be in your bunk a girl, and I'm speaking to the girls, that's going to be sad because she doesn't have many friends. Maybe she's not as pretty as the rest of the girls. Maybe she's not as athletic as the rest of the girls. Maybe she's not as cool as the rest of the girls. And she's crying herself to sleep. I'm sending you to sleepaway camp that you should go and sit on her bed with her and make her your friend. And don't stop until the entire bunk is her friend. That's why I'm sending you to camp. And you know, a a teacher called me this year and told me that one of my daughters is very like that in, in school. You know, she's, she's like the life of the, of the class and the girls that are not popular, she brings into the chevra, she brings them into the dance. And I said, you know, I, I appreciate you calling me, but I'm not surprised about it because whenever they go to camp or they go to school, I, I tell them that's why I'm sending you. I'm a Naskane. This is why I'm sending you. This is why you're here in yeshiva, to help other people, to bring your unique talents. You know, sometimes there's a guy in your shear that's not going to get shear. He's floundering. Maybe he's failing. You have to go. It's your obligation to go listen to me, what I'm saying. It's your obligation if you're one of the guys that are on the top of the shear or in the middle of the shear and you're getting more shear than he does, go put your arm around him and say, let's learn a little bit together. I have time for you. I have time for you. If there's a guy that has issues with his college work, he's not doing so well, he's not so good in math, not, not so good in, in the sciences, in the pre-meds, whatever it is, it's difficult. Not everybody has the same cup as you do. Go and help the guy out. When you help him out, you're going to do so much for him the rest of your life. I once, when I was in college, I tutored a guy, I didn't get paid, there was a guy, he, he had a head like a, like a cucumber. Like a, like a watermelon. Imamish had a thick skull. He couldn't get anything into his head. And I spent hours and hours and hours and hours helping him out with passing his, his courses. I didn't think he would ever graduate college. He graduated. He happens to be one of the richest Yidden today in the, in, in, in the tri-state area. 
He's a huge company. Every time he sees me, he, he, he pretends not to notice me. Because, you know, it's hard to be makritaiv. But you never know. You don't know what you could do for somebody. You don't know when you learn a little Gemara with somebody and you give the person a little bit of a geschmack in learning, that person might be a Rosh Shiva someday because of that. And there's countless stories that that happened. It doesn't take a lot in life to change the course of somebody else's life, to make a person feel good about themselves, which allows them to spread that happiness to others. And before you know it, we have a yeshiva. Before you know it, we have a chabura. Before you know it, we have a place that we could all feel, this is mine. I'm proud when people ask me where I learned, and I could say, based matters to Talmud, I'm proud of it. Why am I proud of it? Because it's my family. I went to a yeshiva in Long Beach for high school and one year base medrash. And I, I tell people this and no one believes me. We were so close in that yeshiva that I think everybody in the yeshiva knew their friend's mother's maiden name. It sounds crazy, right? I knew everything about everyone in yeshiva. Not just the guys in my shir, but beyond, the guys older than me, the guys younger than me. It was a yeshiva. It was a place that we were all able to come together and become one. Because that's what a yeshiva is supposed to be. You know, besides for bringing the taif, for simcha, there was another greatness to bring the taif that Miriam did and that the Nashim Tzedkanias did, they showed with bringing the taif that they had a muna in the Rabbi Nishalim, that they had a muna that Hashem would redeem us. And when people saw the taif and they would ask, well, what do you bring it in? Because you'll see there's going to be a great simcha coming up. And people felt good about that. You know, there was once an Atzeres Tfila. The rain wasn't falling in Eretz Yisrael. And everybody was asked to come to a certain shul and daven like crazy. In Eretz Yisrael, they know really how to, how to pull out all the stops and davening. And they very often are successful in bringing rain. So a father brought his little girl with, with him to this Atzeres Tfila. And this girl was, uh, you know, taking it all in. She was a precocious, bright young girl. And at the end of this Atzeres Tfila, she, uh, she was walking home with her father, and she looked a little confused. And her father says, what's wrong? What, something's on your mind. What's bothering you? So she says, I, I don't understand something, Tati. Hundreds of people came to the Atzeres Tfila. And not one person brought an umbrella. Not one person brought an umbrella. How could that be? Are you talking? Do you have bitachin or you don't have bitachin? If you believe in God, you bring an umbrella. If you believe in the geula, you bring a taif. It's not just the simcha that they brought. It's the emuna, it's the bitachan, it's the showing that I believe in the Rabbi Nishayim. Vayaminu ba'ashem v'meshabde is beautiful. But show it. 
when you came here to yeshiva for this man, against all odds, with COVID and everything running rampant, and you said, I'm going to come to yeshiva, I'm going to steiger, this is where I want to be. You didn't just bring your taif, you didn't just bring your own talent to yeshiva, you didn't just bring your simcha and your smile and your dance and your helping of others in any way that you could possibly do that. You brought a chizik to the yeshiva. You're mechazikos. Look at this. The first night of Isman in the middle of a COVID pandemic, thousands of people dying, millions of people in hospitals. And you came to yeshiva. You brought your taif. You brought your umbrella. You showed that you believed in the Rabbeinu Shalom and in the Taira and in the concept of a yeshiva. You believed in us. And that gives us tremendous satisfaction. You all started on the right step this month. You proved that you were able to invest in yeshiva by coming, just merely by being here. But don't stop. Keep going, la'elo, la'elo. Think tonight, before you go to sleep, what can I contribute to yeshiva? Is it tissues? Is it the urn? Is it maybe organizing some sports? Is it organizing a cooking club or a dance club or a, a music club? Or maybe I could give a chabur, maybe I want to give a parashashir, maybe I want to uh, give a, a musr thing. What do I have that I could contribute? We'll make it happen, whatever it is. Just bring it to, to people that... All right, Rabbi Rio, just bring it to Ariel. We'll make it happen. Whatever you want, we'll do it. But just think of what you could do to make yeshiva great. Because that's what a yeshiva is. At the end of the day, you can have the greatest Rashi yeshiva, the greatest rabbeim, but it's the bachram that make any yeshiva. We have great bachram, that's clear. But now you have to make each other great. You have to cross-pollinate. Make sure that everybody is being uplifted. You have to be the tide that raises all ships. And make sure that everybody is swimming and everybody is, is doing their utmost to, to be matzliach and yeshiva on any front, if it's socially, if it's financially, if it's, if it's academically, if it's taira. Come on Shabbos. Make yeshiva great on Shabbos. This week is an, an in Shabbos. Make a geshmak. Stay. Where are you running? You have somebody, something better to do? If your family absolutely needs you, okay, so go. But otherwise, make this the default place. This should be your home. This should be your home. We're so happy that you all came to Yeshiva, that you brought your taif, and now we ask you to play it with the most beautiful music that you can.